0: Okay, I have two messages. I have two messages, but I'm doing one. I just got them both in front of me in case I don't know where I'm going. How encouraged by the worship tonight it was amazing, really, really good. God's going to continue to do crazy things in your life if you're just open to it. Abundant things. Okay, so we're going to go with 2 Samuel. I want to talk to you tonight about being gates of glory. Gates of glory. God wants us to be gates that receive glory and release glory in the earth. How many know that? How many know that his plan for us is that we're carriers of his presence? And his presence is the glory of God. And sometimes we rely on maybe gifting. Sometimes we rely on talents. Sometimes we rely on all kinds of things that God may have truly given to us. But we want to be carriers of his absolute manifest presence in our lives and in the earth, right? Because that's what the church looks like in, in the last days, right? Isaiah 61 tells us, Arise, shine, for the light has come, because the glory of the Father, the glory of the Lord is upon you. And deep darkness is on the earth. And the only thing that's going to wipe out deep darkness is the glory. It's the fullness of his glory. It's the goodness of who he is. And so we can step back and forth into different things. But the Lord wants us to, yeah, he wants us to heal the sick. He wants us to raise the dead. He wants us to cleanse the lepers. He wants us to do all those things out of Matthew. And and he wants us to live in the place where signs, wonders, and miracles move out of our lives as believers. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit wants to teach us something about being carriers of the glory. And I just, I was looking at this scripture uh, throughout the week, and there were some things that the Lord just pointed out to me. And I just want to look at, at the Holy Spirit coming to a certain person named Obed Edom. Because he was a carrier of the glory. And I don't even think, how many know what his job was? Do you know what, it was? you know, we just read a name in the Bible and we don't know his background. It's so funny. But if you look in Chronicles, he's one of, he's one of the priests, he's, he's a part of the priesthood. And how would it be to be the priesthood and have the, the Ark of the Covenant just staying at your house for three months? I think you'd be pretty excited. At least I would be. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to get, really understand a message out of this because God was in the midst of, David has this crazy battle. He inquires of the Lord and God gets the Ark of the Covenant back from the Philistines. Oh, we, we see God return the glory to Israel. And so it's, he's staying at, at um, Abinadab's house. This is where the ark's being kept. And so I'm just going to read, read through this, and I'm going to just point out some points as we go. And uh, next week we'll do seven benefits of the secret place. How's that? Okay? Yeah, I got it right here, so I don't even have to work next week. See? I just pray. It's my birthday weekend. See? There we go. So, perfect. So, chapter 6, 2 Samuel, verse 1. And again, again David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring bring up from from there the ark, whose name is called the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart, and they brought it out, with the, brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzz- Uzza and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Let's just stop there for a minute. I don't know what David was thinking when he started to use a new cart. And I just want to look at the new thing. Sometimes we think that God wants to do things in new ways. You know, he wants to do the new thing. And I just want to look at that word new for a minute because sometimes the Holy Spirit, it's just one thing. It's you get yourself into prayer position. You you apply yourself in prayer. You ask the Holy Spirit to come and and touch your life. And there's really not a whole new thing that we need to learn about. And I don't know what David was thinking, but he knew this, that there was a process to move the glory. He knew that there was a process and, and a tradition, can I say that? That God required, it was a law that God required to move the presence of the Lord. And instead of doing that, he felt like he had to rush something, apparently. And how many times when we feel like we need to move ahead of God, we try something New that we may not have tried before, and it doesn't work so well because I'm going to show you what happens. It doesn't work well at all. Someone actually dies. And so we have have the, the sons of Abinadab, whose names are Uzzah, right? Which means strong arm. And so I just want you to keep that in mind as we keep going because the Holy Spirit wants us to grab truths out of just these few passages that the Lord wants to really speak to us. And it says that they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on, on the hill accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio and went before the ark. Now his name just means brother. I just had to look it up. But his name just means like friendly brother, right? And he was ahead of the ark as it was going down the hill. And then, and then it says that David and all the house of Israel played music. Come on. They were rejoicing. They were excited. It was a Holy Ghost night. They were getting excited because the presence of God was going back to the city of David where it belonged. And so they're partying and they're getting excited. And they're, they're singing and dancing. And come on. They take, they're worshiping and getting real happy about what's about to happen. And so he played the music before the Lord and all kinds of instruments. And the, fir- the wood and the harps and the stringed instruments and the tambourines and the sistrums and on the cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, or oh what happens at the threshing floor, Uzziah put out his hand to steady the ark. And he took hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. Now, first of all, two things I want you to see. Man's strength, because when we look at the oxen, it's strength that's not from God. It means strength. Oxen means strength. But then we see that Uzziah's name means the arm, the strong arm. And so again, we look at this principle that God's trying to get us away from when we think we know how to do things in our own strength. And God's trying to move us from a mindset that we do things in our own strength or even what's right in our own eyes, because that's what David did. He did something that he thought was right in his own eyes. And Solomon warns us about that, that we shouldn't do things that are right in our own eyes because God will take care of it in the end. And the Holy Spirit wants us to realize that we cannot do anything in our own strength. It's God's strength or no strength. Listen, he gives us wisdom, and the wisdom that we receive should come from heaven. Come on, he gives us a mind, and he gives us a will and emotion, but he gives us a mind so that we receive wisdom, and we receive the best wisdom from heaven. We receive God's wisdom, even if it's in business. Can I tell you that? God can get you out of a jam in business if you're thinking with God's mind. He can give you creative ideas that will be his ideas, not trying the next new thing. Come on, the next new thing. Maybe Instagram or Twitter. Come on. It's a shiny thing that gets our attention that thinks we're going to move the things of God. And I'm not saying we don't use social media to move, come on, videos and different things. But I am saying that if God doesn't tell you to do that, then why would you do that? Come on. The Holy Spirit wants us to use his plan in everything. It's not God over here in church just on Sunday, but it's God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday while I'm driving my truck and I need to make decisions about business and wherever I'm going, I need to make decisions, come on, based on the wisdom from heaven. And so David, we see that, and he knew better. Come on, he just had inquired of the Lord and had a great victory and got the ark back. But now we see he makes a foolish uh, decision to bring the ark on a shiny new car. Come on with oxen pulling. And the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of this fact. Don't do something new unless God tells you to do it. All right? Just don't do it. If God speaks to you to do it, then grab hold of it and run with it. But I'm telling you right now. So it says that the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error and he died there by the ark. And then it says this, that David became very angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah and he called him. He called that place Perez Uzzah to this day, which is an b- outburst. It means an outburst. Against Uzzah. Again, ready? I'm going to reiterate it one more time. God had an outburst. God had a correction. God had that against what? The strength of your arm. The strength of yourself trying to take care of, trying to hold the glory. Trying to touch the glory. Trying to secure the glory. And telling you, people, that God does not want us to try and secure the glory He doesn't want us to try and keep it on the cart or in the box. Can I say that? Yeah. Because he doesn't want us to. He wants us to let the whatever the Spirit of God is doing, we he doesn't need our help. Okay. So the good thing was it says that in verse 9 that David was afraid. (laughs) He was afraid that day and the Lord gave him a little adjustment. How many of us have ever made a mistake and say, oops, okay, wait, 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 because that's what he did. Right here, this is what he did. Because I've done that before, whoa. What's happening right now? I gotta back up and find out where I got off track or where the the thing I was thinking was gonna happen and I'm trying to do things in my own strength. We know that there's a man named Abraham who tried to change things, right? tried to bring in his maidservant to bring the son of promise, which that didn't work, so he had to back up. Come on, sometimes you have to take a step back to make a comeback, right? So the Holy Spirit wants us to do that. And really, David took his own instruction, right? He was afraid about what the Lord was doing. There was an outburst of anger against the strength of, come on, our own human strength. God doesn't like us walking and moving in our own human strength. And the Holy Spirit wanted to release something to David. And this was it. Whoa, hold on. Back up. And so what did he do? He parked. He parked the ark. I didn't even sound like New England there. (laughs) I didn't park the ark. He parked the ark right in Obed-Edom's house. Right at Obed-Edom's house. And the glory of the Lord began to just manifest there. And the ark of the Lord remained, it says this. So David would not move the ark with him to the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So just think of that, right? We got the glory of the Lord that gets gets parked in this guy's house. He's a priest. Come on, that's not a bad thing. I got God living at my house for three months. Come on, this is a good thing. And so the Holy Spirit, really, this is, this is awesome. Because it says this, that all, everything that he touched, right? It, all of a sudden, David got word. Come on, the king knew what was happening at Obed-Edom's house. Everything was flourishing. And so they stopped and brought the presence of the Lord to someone's house. And everyone in this room needs God's presence living at your house. And see, we, we, we come from a better covenant now. Because Jesus Christ has given you what? The hope of glory lives right inside of you. And so all we have to do, right, is cultivate a life of intimacy, of prayer. Prayer of absolute passion to find the heart of God. And he'll come and he'll visit your home. Come on, it's not about... (laughs) Sometimes... Listen, ministry can be smoke and mirrors. Can I say that? Yeah, I can. I'm allowed. I already did. You know, if I... My heart has always been... That when the Holy Spirit's invading my life, that he's invaded my entire house. That it's not just myself or my wife. That my kids are getting touched. Come on, that my dog is getting touched. Come on, that everything my business is doing is getting touched by the glory of the Father. So that I don't have to worry about, come on, what's next, God? No, I have God with me. Because if God's for you, then what? Can That's right, someone can't be against you. No one can be against you. And so the Holy Spirit wants you to come into this place and align with what he's speaking to you and how he's releasing his glory and his presence in in the midst of, of all his goodness. So he's calling us to that place to be abiding with the ark, abiding with the presence, living in the presence. So we see this, that that now it was told to King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, verse 12, and all that belongs to him because the ark of God. And David went and brought, brought up the ark of God to the house of Obed-Edom, to the city of David, with gladness. And so it was then when Those bearing the ark. It was so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. So now he's doing something different, right? He's doing it right. He's all of a sudden backed up and he said, Wait, we got to go back to normal procedure. And what God is looking for is this. If you look at the book of Joshua, When the children of God were entering into the promise, how did they go? It said that the ark went first. It said that they went, what, six paces, and then they blew the horns and they did a sacrifice. You know how long it takes to get, because it says, the Bible tells us, it went from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David. You know how long that was? For you and I, 37 miles would not be bad in a car, but with... Come on, six dudes or, or, or the priests just taking six paces, drop let let the sacrifice happen because they would sacrifice a bull and a sheep and then they would worship. Are you hearing me? Can I tell you? Sometimes God, pro- the God process in your life is not fast at all. Because the Holy Spirit wants us to realize that some things just don't move fast. Sometimes we're in a season of acceleration, but most of the stuff in the kingdom is not moving fast and at a rapid rate because we align ourselves with what he's doing and in his presence. Come on. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Glory. Cut the thing in half. Burn it. Sacrifice. Come on. Bloody mess. Six paces. Glory bloody mess, light it on fire, let's move along. How long does that take? My goodness, 37 miles. It's a long time. But there's something else in this, because he wants to do something. He wants to release. He wants a people. He's looking for a people who will put the glory, take the presence And put it on their shoulders and carry the presence of God. Because the weighty presence of God is so precious that we don't want to. Come on. I don't want to move faster than God. I don't want to move outside of God. I don't want to move beyond where God's calling me. But he's looking for someone to just stay with him. Just stay with me and listen. Stay with me and receive what I, I, I have for you. Stay with me and just let my presence rest on your life. Because we always want to outrun the Lord. I I can tell you 17, 18, 20, 35 times that I've wanted to outrun God. Because I think it's supposed to be now, 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 now. And the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of the fact that he's, He's in charge of your life. He's in charge of your destiny. He's in charge of the map and all the blueprints for your life. And so He'll bring you where you want to be. If you're hungry enough, if you desire Him, If you want to meet with him, if you want to seek him, if you want to find him, he'll bring you to the place. There's a desire that has to happen in your heart. There's a desire that above all things that we just give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit and to his presence. There's a desire that we have to have that we will stay pace with God. And we will pay attention to what he's saying. And we will pay attention to his process. So it says that they went up, they kept going, and they were sacrificing the oxen and the fatted sheep. And then it says that David danced before the Lord all night, and he was wearing a linen ephod. And come on, and then it talks about that. So David and all the house of Israel brought the ark up, shouting and singing. And there was there was great rejoicing. But I want you to see that God is looking for a people, and this is what this is what this is what I want you to understand tonight. The Holy Spirit has given us this, this model of Obed-Edom. Because why? Because he was a gatekeeper. And let me just tell you about gates. Your eyes are gates. Your ears are gates. Come on, your whole body is a gate for the Holy Spirit. And God wants us, really, we want heaven to come to earth, but he's looking for a gate. And this is why when he, when he stayed, come on, his presence was there. At, the, at, at Obed-Edom's house and the Holy Spirit was released over his house and the power and the presence of God he abided with for three months. How many of you think you would be changed in the presence of the Lord if he, if it was just like a glory liquid honey cloud in your house for three months? Come on, someone would be, come on, we'd be taking nations right now. And this is where the Lord wants us to understand. This was, this was Obed-Edom's life this is what he was given to his life was that of a priest and you're all in this room you're all called to a, you're all priests you're all priests and kings that's what the book of revelation calls you you are a priest and you're a king why because you know how to worship and you know how to release dominion in the earth at least you should and if you don't you need to find out that's for another message sometime out some other time but that's what he's given us He's given you the authority, he's given you the intimacy of a priest that you can go in and out of the presence. Come on, I don't want to go out. I just want to stay in. But he's also given you the authority, the kingship, the rulership because that's been given you from the beginning because that was God granted to you. Life, dominion, living in the kingdom. And so the power of the Holy Spirit wants us to understand this, the the Holy Spirit wants you to grab hold of this, that you are a priest and you are a gate. Because it says in 1 First, First Chronicles 16, it'll show you, he's the priesthood, he's a part of the priesthood. He's the one, he was with, a, he was with, the, with Asaph and Korah and he was with all them and they walked the ark out into the city of David. And he was a part of the priesthood that released the kingdom and that they had jurisdiction and they opened themselves up. And so listen, the Holy Spirit wants you to understand this. As a gatekeeper, you're to keep the gate open for the glory to come in. And you're to shut the gate against things that would come in against your family. Come in against your church. Come in against your ministry. Come in against your business. Whatever it is. He wants you to break forth so that you know that when the Come on, your, your life is over. We, we, we pray this prayer, God, let heaven come to earth. Well, you're the gate that heaven's coming through. Can I just let you know that tonight? You're the gate, whether you like it or not, either heaven's coming through you or it won't. And you want to be that gate. You want to open yourself up. So God, I'm the gate. I want to be touched by you. I want to be invaded by you. I want you to live in my house. I want you to abide in my life. I want you to go be and flow into my business. I want you to flow into my family. I want you to flow into the, th- the places where you've given me any type of influence. Guys, this whole thing is about having influence in the kingdom. There's a whole realm that God is bringing us into. It's good that we have our Holy Ghost parties and the Holy Spirit comes and I get filled with the Holy Spirit and people are healed and saved and delivered. But I'm telling you, it's about dominion and opening the circle and the radius of the kingdom in your life and in the regions you're in. It's about opening it up. It's about busting down stuff that's in the way. And the power of God is looking for people who will be a priesthood, who will let the glory of God, men and women, come on. I know it was probably all men, But it's it's men and women come on in the New Testament and the life of God is in you ladies and the power of God is in you ladies and it's all over. It's it's ready to come and be released into the earth and into regions and into cities and towns. And so we've been given this, this great gift, right? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that God wants to abide inside of us. I was just looking at some psalms. You know why? Because I was thinking, man, what did this guy write? He was a part of the priesthood. He was singing songs. You think they had it all written out? I'm asking you, do you think they, all had, they had them all written out, all these psalms, before they started? Because it says, this is a song of Korah. It wasn't all written out. Come on, creative people doing creative things. You know, it wasn't all scripted. I don't know. Sometimes we read the Bible and we think it's all scripted. Like this psalm's been here for a hundred, since, since the ancient of days came to the earth. No, someone had to write it, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to write Psalm 42, it's a, it's a contemplation of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. I could tell you this right now. If I, had the, if I was in the Old Testament and they took the glory out of my house, I'd be like, man, I want the glory back in my house. Like, I'm just going to stay at the temple and I'm just going to minister to the Lord and come on. And so he had 68 servants or people that were in his, in his, I don't know if they lived with him or whatever, but 68 people that he had influence with that God's glory came and blessed. That's 68 people. So I'm asking you tonight, what are you carrying? Are you the gate that's open? Are you the gate that's ready to receive? Are you that gate that just wants to be, that God wants to just pour himself? He's looking for servants. Because Obed-Edom is servant. That's all it is. Red servant. Ruddy servant. Because Edom means Esau. It's the same where Esau came from. So I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is looking for people that would just serve. Come on. Servants. Servants to what? The glory. Servants to his presence. God, this is, all, this is what I want to do. I want to serve the glory. I want to serve who you are. I want to serve. I want to be available for you to put your mantle on me. I want to be available for you to put your life on me. I want you to be, I be available for the Holy Spirit to come in, don't you? I mean, God's looking for people. His eyes go to and fro throughout the earth. He's just looking for people that are just ready, that are just ready to receive, that are the open gate, that are the ones that are ready to say, God, come in and do whatever you need to do in my life. But some of us put this pride thing up and we we lock God out because we want to do it our own way. And I'm telling you, it's the strong arm. It's the strength, the human strength that has to go. That we can, I, me, and my, the, the other trinity that really stinks. <laughs> that we can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. I've got to let God do it. And the Holy Spirit just wants to come in and do that. And so he's looking for a people that will just move aside and let the, let the presence of God come. Abide on them. Live on them fill them, and change them. And so, we, just closing out. It says, so they brought the ark of the Lord, verse 17, and we know what happened with his wife. Come on, she wasn't happy. Right? Michael came, she, his wife was, he's dancing, of course he's dancing, all stripped down and carrying on, and she was embarrassed. Come on. But she brought a curse upon herself. You know that? She was the only, I think she was the only one of David's wives that didn't have bare children. So the Holy Spirit wants us to get a lesson out of that. Listen, you cannot mock people's fervency, people's love, people's expression of worship. However, we want to, come on, release our Praise and honor and glory to the Father. Come on. You need to not be ashamed of what that looks like. Whatever that looks like, you can't be ashamed. So it says this, So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in place in the midst of the tabernacle of David that that David had erected for it. And then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David had finished the offerings, burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts, and then distribute among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and cakes of raisin, to all who, dep- who departed, and everyone to this house. Listen, there came substance after they moved the presence of the Lord. After what was co- what God called for David to accomplish was bringing back the presence of the Father back, they received what bread. They receive sustenance. They receive the life. And when we, whenever we give ourselves over to the presence of God, whenever we give our lives to him, whenever we sell ourselves out to him, all our needs will be taken care of. I don't care what anyone tells you. All your needs will be taken care of. Every part, every corner of your life will be filled with the presence of the Lord. And so God, tonight, I really feel like the Holy Spirit just wanted to move and exhort you people about we want to be worshiping servants. Really, that's what Obed-Edom was. He was a worshiping servant. His life became an absolute outpouring to what God's purpose was. Yes, he had the blessing of the Lord on his house, but it became this place that where he desired so much to find the Lord. Come on, all through the songs of Korah, if you read all the exhortations, there's life that he declares. And it may not be him that wrote it, but he was in on the song session. Come on, they wrote it together. There's something about the Psalms that can bring us into complete worship and adoration. And the psalmist released the grace and power upon our Come on, if you grab it and you taste it and you see that the Lord is good, but the life of God when we begin to exhort and love the Lord. You got to declare his goodness. If I don't declare the goodness of what he's doing, even in worship, come on guys, tonight was great, but sometimes we come in there, it's like, come on, pump it up. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sorry. You can feel it. Sometimes you're, come on, there's no life. It's like we're going through mud. And it depends on, come on, you, you're the vessel that comes in. I'm ending this on worship. Because really it's about us being a vessel that's like, God, I just want you. God, I just desire you in such a way. I want you to touch me. During the worship service, I don't even care about anything else. Because I get, you know... Tonight I get touched over there. Come on, the, it was such a good good night. And so honestly, I get here and I'm like, if I can just touch the Lord and worship, I'm good. You know, I know you guys need to hear a word maybe, but I'm good. And that's how you should all come in here. Like this should be this desire. This should be this yearning inside of your heart. And not just because of what we sing, but just our posture, Our posture towards heaven. We need to be hungry. Because if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to get any. Listen, hunger will get you everything. Everything in the kingdom. So, Tori, just help me for a second. Maybe two. Do we know what the secret place is Do we even know what the secret place is it Says this Song of Solomon O oh my dove in the clefts of the rock in the secret places of the cliff You let me see your face You let me hear your voice And your voice is sweet and your face is lovely Can I tell you, everyone in this room, that is God's desire. That is Jesus' desire for you. That you behold his face. That you hear his voice. That you live a life that's totally embraced and just intertwined with him. But the word cliff is translated in the secret place of the stairs. And I read... good my sources are but I read that the secret place of the stairs was behind the ark and it was a place where the priest would go to be in the secret place it was in between it was a secret compartment behind the walls and they lived come on they, li- they dwelled in that place and so God calls us as a people To live in the fullness of his tabernacle. To abide in the very person of who he is. And the glory of the Lord wants to come upon you in such a way. But it won't happen unless you behold him. I'm telling you. It won't happen unless we give ourselves completely over yeah, we'll get some taste of it. But I don't know about you. I, I want to be like obed I'll take three months. Just pure glory in the house. Just give me the fullness of who you are. Come on, so that when you open the door... Of the bedroom, it might spill out into the hallway. Can we have the glory of God that thick? I think I can. That's the true intimacy that God's calling the people to. That you don't ever want to leave. And yeah, you have to go out and touch the world. But when we come to a place where we're just so engrossed and taken up by Him, come on taken higher, taken deeper. That you won't want anything. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You won't want anything else. I can tell you that. And so encountering God in a in a tangible way that's good. Come on, but I'm looking for the greater So, God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your abiding glory that you're calling every person to carry. It's not as a heavy burden, but Lord, the glory of the Lord, the weightiness of who you are in our lives. So, we ask, Father, that you just come to every individual, to every household. Lord that's my prayer is that everyone in this room that you'd release a grace to be totally enveloped in who you are and your presence that our lives would be completely changed that when we go out that the transformation that people would see even on us shift people's perspective of what heaven and church actually looks like. Lord, let your light and your life just come upon everyone here. Lord, I pray you put a desire in all of us. Lord, me first, even. That I wouldn't be separated from anything you have to give but we would live in an atmosphere that's way higher than what we know now that we'd have crazy anointed solutions even world problems I believe you can do that I believe you can do that you just don't have people listening well enough so Father bring us into that place even tonight God put desire in us put life in us Lord awaken us Take us out of places (laughs) despondency, but Lord, if you're giving away three month encounters, I'll take them. And I'm sure there's people all in this place that would take them too. So Lord, release a grace upon everyone, Father, to go into a deeper place, deeper places with you, abiding love, abiding glory. Lord, We want to see the beauty of who you are. We want to hear the clarity of your voice. Lord, I thank you that when we do touch and break through into that place, Lord, that everything around us changes. bring us into a whole new place. We love you and we thank you.
1: I
2: just want to be where you are,
1: and I
2: just want to be near. I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart like your love And I just want to be where- see.